Welcome to another episode of Wim Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Peter, and joining me are two awesome people. First, we got Sarah. How's it going tonight? Hello, hello. Let's do it. We're winning. It's always going to be a great night to talk when we're winning, and it might be the only time we ever record on a win streak this season, so I'm ready to enjoy it. I love how like like you said exactly what I was just about to say. I was was like, you know, we might as well take advantage of it. Um, and also joining me tonight is JJ. What's going on tonight? I am positively walking on sunshine. Yeah, and don't it feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing that feels good is what Sarah was talking about before with the Red Wings winning streak. Um, last night, or as we record this, uh, last night's game uh, against Anaheim uh, was a late game because it took place in Anaheim. Uh, and I know JJ stayed up for, I think Sarah, you, did you stay up for it? I think I did. I wasn't going to. And then I was like yeah. too tired to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> and then it got like exciting. So I, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't miss out on all the fun. Yeah. I watched it, um, today and it, it was interesting because, um, it was like last night because it was on so late, like I'm sure for the people watching had, had like the feeling of, Oh, this kind of sucks a little bit because there's not really as many people to talk to because, you know, most people are sleeping and I kind of had the same thing, but on a delayed reaction because I'm watching it at like two o'clock in the afternoon today. And (laughs) I'm like, you know, who am I going to talk to about this while I'm watching it? And I do know that watching it, knowing that the Red Wings were going to win made it a lot easier to deal with the first two goals. Yeah, that was that was tough to deal with live. I think that broke a lot of people and got them into bed. Uh, so, so JJ, I, I know you were on recap duty last night, um, and I've I've done these games before too, where it's like you know late at night and you're like, oh god, I'm kind of on my own here. Um, how are you feeling after that second goal? See, that's the the, the funniest thing because it is a really weird consideration that essentially a, a big part of my fandom, you know, here in Kansas, is I'm watching these Red Wings games and I am on Twitter and I'm participating in our game threads and I am very much not alone. And I feel like I am watching the game with my friends. And on the West Coast, the West trips, those late games, it does. It gets, it gets a little isolating and it gets a little hard. And so that after that second goal and the Red Wings are going on the penalty kill and it, it that started to feel because the Vancouver loss that I had to recap earlier in the season, that was as lonely as I felt watching a Red Wings game in years. <laughs> it was yeah. just brutal like I, I don't want to talk to him I just want to kind of like write about this and I, I felt that was like very going into that PK we were very much on the cusp of that and then they made it and then they started kind of fighting back but it was like very it still felt very frustrating like the uh, hmm. I, I don't remember exactly like even when they made it two to one it was kind of like a well whatever this is just gonna wave I, the collapse is still coming, but then like the collapse didn't happen. And uh, honestly, Sarah being around on Twitter still kind of like helped. And the, the game thread was, was still pretty, pretty active and kicking. So 
like the Red Wings pulled out of it and I pulled out of it and I felt like very uh, very much right with the universe in terms of the way that game went out. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, one thing I was very happy with because, I mean, I, I, I think something I've been reading a lot of people say like in the comment threads and on Twitter and like it, it makes total sense is, you know, when the team's losing – uh, you know, the team was on a really bad losing streak and it wasn't just that they were losing, they were losing by four goals and five goals and four goals again, etc. I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't that they were losing. It's just, it's how they were losing. It's, you know, they were getting blown off the, you know, blown out of the rink. Um, and obviously a lot of people were, were speculating about like, Oh, have, you know, has, has Blasio lost the room? Have they given up on him, et cetera. Um, and I mean, it's one thing to see, you know, you have the players that are, you know, making the comments to the media after the game. And I mean, of course they're not gonna, you know, I mean, what are they going to say? Like, Oh yeah, this guy's a joke. Yeah. We don't care anymore. I mean, they're, they're never going to say anything like that, you know, but I mean, they seemed like they were kind of going out of their way to, to support him. Um, and, you know, I think it was it was a very good sign to see that they went down. You know, they go down two goals. They obviously have the penalty kill because of the uh, the failed coaches challenge. And you know, I mean, they could have thrown in the towel, and they didn't. You know, I mean, they you know they came back hard. They played you know hard for the whole game pretty much. Um, and I thought it was good to see like that resilience. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, if we want to like get. Uh, too d- deep into the the conceptual narratives there, it almost feels like the Red Wings pulling out of that after the fails coach because you understand that coach's challenge was a really big risk, but it was also is it possible that that was essentially Blashill like you know how a, a baseball manager will get himself thrown out to protect his player? Um, is that kind of the hockey version of, of that happening? And was the Red Wings' response to that a kind of a, a rallying around Jeff Blasio? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it could have been. And I think, um, and, and again, this is one of the things where, uh, you know, watching the game this afternoon was kind of a weird experience because I, I was like, wait a second, you know, uh, you know, uh, I forget who the Ducks player was, but it's like, you know, he kicked Bernier's stick. Um, and I mean, it looked to me like he definitely interfered with Bernier's ability to play the puck. Um, but, you know, watching the game in the afternoon, I was like skipping through commercials and skipping through the intermissions and stuff. So I don't have the benefit of, you know, sometimes after the period, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, we heard from the league. Uh, this is what they looked at or whatever. Um, but I mean, like I, I watching it, I was like, I think I would have challenged it, too. You know, so I mean. I, I, I can definitely see that aspect of it, but I mean, I think it was from from my position. It seemed like it was a, it was a pretty decent challenge. I thought. Yeah, I think so too. And something I noticed that was the kind of the first game for me that Jonathan Bernier like was visibly like, "What the hell?" Doing the like the hands, yeah, because he doesn't usually do the goalie hands. <laughs> um, he's like, <laughs> "I'm doing them. You can't see it, but I'm doing them." Um, <laughs> but they're like, what? Come on, man. Um, you know, he doesn't really do that. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, the coach's challenge also like was like, yeah, see, you're not like a big loser because <laughs> we think that there was something underhanded about this. And, you know, I think hopefully oh, that yeah, maybe like really helped him point. kind of collect himself, 
because I'm sure that Jimmy was like, I don't want to go in that mess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll just stay over here <laughs> yeah. with my face off. <laughs> you take care of it. Uh, you know, but he was able to pull himself back together and then, you know, make the big saves that we, we've needed to keep this little win streak going. Um, so I was happy to see that. I'm happy to see him doing so well because um, he didn't really get a lot of time last year. And now he's like taken Jimmy's job, which I'm sad because I love Jimmy, but I'm also happy that like Bernier was ready to step up. Yeah. And I mean, I was looking, uh, I was looking at some of the numbers. I post, I posted something about this on Twitter a little, like a, I don't know, a couple games ago, maybe, um, uh, you know, cause, cause I thought it would be interesting to look at, um, you know, cause it seemed like, you know, the goaltending was bad, but then, you know, it's, 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 it's always interesting to ask yourself, is it that they're just getting shelled? You know, is it just that the team in front of them is giving up really good chances and they don't really have a lot of, uh, opportunities, you know, because a lot of times, you know, from the eye test, you know, we always remember the negative stuff. Um, and it's really easy to kind of forget, oh, hey, they made like 15 saves before that one bad, you know, one bad goal. Um, and, and it's really easy to remember the bad stuff. So I so I took a quick look at this um, and basically like uh, I looked at two things, uh, you know, real quick. So I looked at expected goals above. Uh, sorry, get, sorry, expected goals against per 60 minutes with each of the goalies on the ice. Right. So this is basically like how is the team performing with each goalie on the ice? And so with Jimmy Howard on the ice, they're like sixth worst, um, you know, with the expected goals against per 60 minutes of three point one one. And with Jonathan Bernier, they're 25th worst. With uh with two point eight one right, so there's a noticeable difference uh, that the team is 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 giving uh, Bernier kind of better defense in front of him. But even even with that, um, Jimmy Howard, you know, is giving up. Uh, if you're looking at, at uh, goals saved above expected, he's negative eight, right? So that means he's basically given up eight more goals than you would expect from like an average goalie, you know, given the shots against him. Uh, which is six worst in the NHL. And Bernier has given up negative four. Uh, and he's actually played two more games. So, you know, Bernier is definitely outperforming Howard, uh, I think, especially lately, but all season, uh, if you take it into, you know, if you take the whole season in, uh, together, which is weird because, you know, Howard has been really solid. Like, he hasn't been fantastic. He hasn't been amazing, but he's been pretty solid for most of each of the last few seasons. Um, but yeah, he's really, really struggling. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long they ride Bernier for. Okay. If I'm understanding this correctly with uh, Howard and Bernier's combined goals saved yeah. above average of being uh, a minus 12. If we just had like standard NHL caliber average goalie man in net for the entire season, instead of a negative 29 goal differential, we'd be seeing on a negative 17 goal differential roughly. Yeah. I, I think you can say, I, I'm pretty sure that's correct. I mean, uh, I, 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 if, if, if uh, Prashanth listens to this, he can tell us if we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Um, Cause yeah, goal, goal saved above expected is uh, cause yeah, there, there's two stats. There's goal save above average. And then evolving wild has a goal save above expected. Um, which is, you know, basically just, uh, you know, based on the quality of shots, what we do expect the goalie to save. Um, and yeah, so it's a negative 12 differential with both goalies. So, yeah, I think it's pretty reasonable to say what you were saying. Yeah. So we would be like fifth worst instead of absolute worst. And, you know, honestly, that that does seem to make yeah. sense. Yeah. 
cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, like, you know, the defense has not been good in front of them, uh, you know, on average. Um, I mean, obviously some games have been noticeably better than others or noticeably worse, depending on how you want to look at it. We're going to get to, uh, you know, we're going to do what we did last time in just uh, just a few minutes and and uh, take a look at your mailbag questions, uh, because, you know, basically they're going to cover pretty much what we would cover if we just ran through some topics. Um, but first, we are going to talk about uh, the big news in the hockey world, which is the Don Cherry uh, firing. Um, so, uh, Sarah, what are your thoughts on this? So I I was like behind the news. I didn't know what happened until like I saw just on Twitter he was fired but I didn't know um why so I didn't even really read his exact comment um until I read the opinion article that we posted today um and it was I mean at least out of context it's certainly not like the worst thing he's ever said but it was nice that eventually like maybe 10 years too late something did like break the camel's back on him and like enough, enough was enough, uh, you know, cause he, to his credit, he kind of started out not terrible. You know, it was like his typical angry old man, like no one wears poppies. If he just kept it at no one and like not started diving in to specifics, uh, he could, he, you know, it would have been like, Oh, typical. And instead it was like, Oh, typical, but get out. Yeah. And I think, you know, the backlash is, you know, Sportsnet wouldn't have just been like, okay, we're going to on our own, unprompted, do something right. Uh, I think they knew and they could see how much backlash was coming and knew that Don Cherry was a thousand years old and a lot of people are pretty much over him. Maybe not Toronto fans, but like everyone else is pretty much, yeah. has pretty yeah. much been, been done with him and ready to move on. And I think, you know, I don't. I don't think they've like picked a replacement or whatever yet. It seems like that's too soon. Um, but I think you know, depending on who they pick or if they have a couple of people who are not old white men, um, that would be pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a great opportunity now to turn this into something that's not a huge dumpster fire. Um, whether or not they do that, I have almost no faith in them. Um, but Twitter is pretty good at like badgering people into doing the right or a decent thing. So I, I'm almost more interested in that. I think it was definitely the right move to fire him. Um, but I would have done it, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hopeful, I guess, about, you know, what, the, how they handle the situation from here. It'd be really interesting to see um, what other kind of personalities they can bring in who know what they're talking about and also are not racist. Yeah, I thought it was just always it, it was a really interesting strategy, or I, I don't know what you uh, like rhetorical strategy to defend, defend, you know, or, or you know, basically disagree with the firing by saying, well, he's he's done worse stuff in the past, and he didn't get fired then. It's like, well, okay, I mean, we should have gotten fired a bunch of times. Like, I don't know why, I like I don't know why saying, hey, hey, he said horrible shit in the past, it, like, is a defense. Um, but, uh, I, 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 I will say like out, outside of the, um, um, I, like outside of all of the, uh, you know, the comments that he's made over the years, I will say that that one positive thing is he did give me one moment of great joy, which was 
I got to see Mickey see his see one of his suits for the first time. She had never seen Don Cherry and like we were watching a stream where it was going to come on and I got my camera out and I, I, you know, I started taping her and I was like, okay, I just want you to watch and I want to know your reaction. And like, she's just watching and watching and she's like, Oh, Oh, what's that? Why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so, so, so I, I will say that I will miss, seeing how ridiculous his suit is going to be every week. I, I will say I do. I will genuinely miss that. Um, uh, JJ, I'll come to you for a second uh, in a second. But I mean, for, for me, it's basically um, Rob. I think Rob did a really good job of summing it up in, in his article. Um, yeah, I think he really did a good job of like walking through, uh, you know, for people who have been saying, oh, it's, you know, you know, what he said isn't a big deal. I mean, I think. I think I think it was and I think he did a good job of explaining just why. And again, it's it's another in a pattern of things that he's done before. You know, it's not the it's not the first time it's, you know, not the second or third time. Uh, But the fact that he should have been, you know, he should he should have been gone a long time ago for this stuff. Um, I don't think it, it's 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 a defense. Uh, so JJ, I, I know we talked to you know we talked before we started recording, um, but yeah. So what do you got to say about this? Yeah, I'll touch on that. I think to to Sarah's point, it is probably going to be uh, Brian Burke as as Dar- uh, Don Cherry's replacement. I, I don't think they're going to get uh, it suddenly take a, a command of the opportunity to go in a completely different direction. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, he did do the like. The bombastic suits and the the super the the burning hot takes that does have a place in hockey and like love him or, or hate him in terms of of that piece that is something that is totally acceptable in terms of the argument is Don Cherry a bigot I have a lot of trouble figuring out whether or not somebody is really is being serious when they say they don't think he is like, and we want to, and I, I feel I, it's, it's really tough for me because I, I have trouble figuring out or explaining or taking it seriously when somebody's like, Oh, you know, all he was saying was respect the troops. No, if, if all Don Cherry wanted to say was respect the troops, then he would have just said, respect the troops. He would have said, People got to buy more poppies, but it was clear that he was talking about immigrants. He was clear he was talking about specific sets of people, and any argument to the contrary on that, I feel is willfully ignorant, because he specifically said, "You come here." Well, Canadians are not the Canadians who come here. It's people from the outside. That's immigrants. He talks. He started out talking before he he figured it out. He started out talking about you go through downtown Toronto, and if you're familiar with downtown Toronto, Toronto is one of the most uh, ethnically diverse cities in all of North America. There are you can walk down one street and get food from one culture, and then go a block down and get food from a different culture. And it is a really cool experience traveling through downtown Toronto. And so when you specifically mention that, that's what Don Cherry is talking about. He's talking about, uh, you know, the, the, he he very much loves Canadians and, and Canada, obviously, but it's also very clear that Don Cherry has an opinion on what is the right kind of Canadian too. And so 
I I understand that because I, I feel in in this situation there are a lot almost everybody has somebody that they care about who has shitty opinions that they're very embarrassed about. Uh, I have people in my life that I love who I cannot talk politics with because I, I think that their politics are dangerous. And I've actually, I've taken steps to essentially like, I can still be your friend, but honestly, the, uh, it, it is a struggle for me to still be uh, a, a nice with these people because I think that their politics are, are honestly kind of dangerous. So, I'll admit that I there's a lot of Canadians that I've seen right enough. Like I grew up with Don Cherry. Like he has been an icon. He is a big part of what drove me into hockey. And very much there is this kind of father figurey thing with Don Cherry and in a lot of people's hockey fandom that I have to admit I do not get. I am not part of. I've always been an outsider to to Don Cherry's brand of hockey. I became a hockey during the Russian five era and specifically uh, very much because of the Russian five era. And Don Cherry always hated that because he's always not liked Europeans. And so I understand I come in as an outsider and I say, how can, how can you like this guy? And it, it, that gets your hackles up. Like, like these loved members of, of my family, that if you were to come in from the outside and say, Hey, this person's a piece of fucking trash. I'm, I'm going to have a a personal struggle with dealing with your perspective on that while also dealing with the fact that I do have deep, caring admiration for this person, and it's it's a struggle. Also, I will say, as that outsider, and it's something that I have to learn in myself, it's not my problem to deal with your issues on that kind of uh, a mental concept. Don Cherry is a bigot. There is not two ways about that and it was time for him to go yeah um i mean you know you know, you know like you said before i mean like, like there's there's so many instances of him saying things uh that are similar or on the same wavelength etc um and um yeah i mean i i think we pretty much covered you know, covered all the bases on that. Um, so in just a minute, we are going to uh, get to your reader questions and we'll take a look at those, uh, give you some answers. Um, hopefully some of those will be informed answers. Some will probably just be uh, funny answers, but we'll see. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We'll jump into that. Wim radio ad timeout. All right. Let's play. And we're back. All right. So for those of you still listening, we are going to jump into our reader mailbag. And as usual, uh, we will I will be throwing to JJ to take charge of this segment. So, JJ, take it away. All right. Well, uh, if if you are still listening, I, I will say thank you for for putting up with with that. And uh, let's try to, uh, to switch gears and get right into the reader questions and, and get this crack. So. Uh, Kings 19 starts off with right off the bat uh, trade thoughts. How about Nielsen for Hosang? Send frowns back home and give Josh a new home. Uh, Pete, I'm going to throw this right to you because this is right up your, your alley. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if uh, I don't know if the Islanders make that deal. Um, I don't really know. I mean, given their team makeup, I don't see where Nielsen at this stage in his career fits. I mean, I think if it were, 
the year you know the year we acquired him like you know when you know because uh, you know he's unfortunately he's he's you know gone downhill since then too um i i don't i don't see why they would do that um i would i i am definitely of the mindset that i would take a flyer on hosang um I know I know exactly the reasons why people would say that we shouldn't. Um, but, you know, from following his his situation and, you know, talking to my friends who are still Islanders fans, um, I really don't think he was ever given a fair chance in New York. I really don't th- don't think so. Um, last time I went to Nassau Coliseum when we played them, he was playing and he was one of the best players on the ice. Um you know, he had a stretch where he played really good and then he just got sent down to the AHL and it didn't really seem to make much sense based on how he was playing. Um, so I I am of the mindset that he never really got a good chance. Um, I would definitely like to like to take a chance on him. Um, obviously, it would depend on what would be going back the other way. Um, but I think his, his value right now is really low. Uh, so. I, I think we could do it, but I just I just don't see them wanting Franz Nielsen back at this point in his career. Yeah, so here's the reason why Eiserman is going to make this yeah, trade work. Sarah, do you have I think to, that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he is a 2014 first round draft pick, and as everyone knows, we are stocking up on those. So <laughs> we're going to get the whole set. <laughs> Um, by the end of next year. So, you know, I was like, well, that's my reasoning. Why? I mean, I wouldn't accept Franz <laughs> Nielsen for anything, even not even not as a hockey coach. Just like if someone said like, oh, he'll come and like dig in your yard and plant flowers. I'd be like, no, that's all right. Uh, zero point machine, <laughs> Franz Nielsen. I just, you know, his value has <laughs> never been lower. And I, you know, it's just, it's too low, I think, to be traded for someone like Josh Hosang. But on the other hand, Eiserman's a genius. And like I said, 2014 first round draft pick. So here we come. Yeah. Just wait. I I just wait. I was looking at the list. And so we could definitely get um, Nylander and Leon Dreisaitl. And and yeah, I think we do have to a good shot then. Isn't Pasternak on that list too? Oh yeah, yeah, twenty fifth. Yep. Damn, we're gonna be so good doing <laughs> that. I know, right? All right, well, I'm gonna to hand this next question off uh, right to to Sarah because it's uh, it's about Joe Hicketts. Oh yeah, Shahrazad. Yeah. Uh, have we seen the last of fan favorite and win comments whipping boy Joe Hicketts in terms of sticking the lineup? I'm mostly waiting for his big breakout, but it hasn't happened yet. After a couple bad games, interspersed with some good ones, it feels like maybe he's had his last cup of coffee with the Wings. Please say it ain't so. In my heart, I still see him as the brave captain of the Royals, controlling the play with a potent mixture of hockey sense and swagger, but now leading Detroit in new adventures. That's like a nice way to put it. Because, <laughs> I, you know, everyone knows I have a soft spot for Joe Hicketts because he, you know, he's such a hard worker and he, you know, pulled himself up by his skate laces. Um, you know, when people didn't believe in him, he's like, oh, watch out. Here I come. Um, but yeah, I just, it doesn't seem like he's got a fit. Um, I think he'll get, you know, one or two more chances maybe. Or he might get traded. <laughs> so, or 
end up in Seattle, which we'll talk about later. Um, but considering that Erickson was the one who was called up today, um, that's ne- maybe not a most positive. <laughs> Joe Hicketts, thumbs up, uh, knowing that Erickson has jumped you. Um, so, yeah, I I don't think he's going to find his, his permanent home in Detroit. Um, but prove me wrong, Joe, and please don't send the mafia after me because I still love you. Pete, I know you've been pretty high on Joe Hicketts in the past too. So, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I, I mean, I, I've always, I've always felt that he kind of deserved more of a chance than he was getting. Um, and I think, you know, as we talk about nearly every episode, it's you know due to the large amount of uh, defensemen that we had in the system. Um, he seemed to keep getting overlooked. Like I, I, I still think he's he's a pretty serviceable third pairing defenseman in the NHL. Um, he's never, I you know, he's never gonna. I don't think he's ever gonna be higher than that. But I think you know, even on a good team, I think he could hold down a spot as a third pairing defenseman. Um, so I mean, kind of like what Sarah said before. Um, the, the, the you know the problem with trading him is I just don't know what value he has because of how little little he's played in the NHL. Um, I mean, I I almost would you know as a as as somebody who likes him, I I almost would want to see him traded to to see him get more of a chance uh, with another team. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much where I'm at with him. I mean I I like him a lot. I just I don't think he's ever going to be. Um, you know, a regular defenseman with the Red Wings, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, in fairness, he is really easy to overlook, especially if you're six feet tall. Uh, Here it is. There we go. All right. <laughs> I forgot I had that. <laughs> Woo. We'll be back with traffic and weather. All right. We're going full morning zoo. Uh, the ghost of Erickson's pass. Uh, like I named this episode the Stabbing Westward Edition, uh, just because we're on the West Coast trip, and uh, I like kind of like the term. But he did remind uh, the ghost of Erickson's pass did remind us Stabbing Westward was an ang- angsty '90s punk grunge classic uh, co- uh, question mark rock band, and one of my favorites from that area. What's your favorite song by them, and what current or former Red Wings player most reminds you of that song, and why? So, uh, any other Stepping Westward fans uh, among the three of us? I've never heard of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, oh, the yes. ghost of Erickson's past. Yes, I was I was a little child in the 90s. I don't want to talk about what music I listened to then. It wasn't cool. I I do. I okay. This is like this is gonna sound bad, but let me explain. Let me keep talking. I remember them existing. Like, like I remember that they were a thing. Like, I remember that. Like, you know, I recognized the name of the band, and I'm pr- I'm I'm positive that if you played some of their biggest songs, I would recognize them. I just don't remember them without that. You know, like I I I can't off the top of my head remember any of their songs by name. Um, I did actually look at the Wikipedia page. Uh, because I was trying to see if maybe if I could jog my memory, because uh, I do remember uh, they had an album Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel. I remember seeing that in like the I, and, and Sarah. I, we'll have to explain this to you in a second. I remember seeing that in the record store um, when I would go. I, I would look at the, the rows and rows of CDs, their compact discs, right? Um, 
And and <laughs> I'm not I, that I I'm not that young. I'm old. I I was there for the rise and fall of the CD player. I am the exact market for the you know portable CD player bass boost. Turn that on, drain the batteries. Oh. So I, oh I get God, that part, am... but. Not oh my god! And like, like you had to hope that you could uh, afford the kind that had like the skip protection, right? Yeah, yeah no, you're you're yeah. a, nothing but the best. You're a mini disc <laughs> kid, Sarah. We, Pete and I are the the yeah. You have to like walk with the the Walkman like held flat in your hand, otherwise you will definitely miss. Um, but I, I will say that according to their Wikipedia page, they had a song that was featured in. The 1994 film Clerks, which is one of my favorite films. And so I definitely like whatever song that is. <laughs> Just because, like, I like every song that's in that in that movie. So that's fair. I'll say uh, yeah. probably their most famous song is uh, Save Yourself. That I okay. cannot save you. I can hardly save myself. That one. Okay. Yeah. That kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. And that, that like that. I, and all I mean, I'm not a big stabbing Westward fan. Like they were on the radio a, a ton when I was listening to it, and like they had some songs. But I will say that my my favorite stabbing Westward song is uh, "Shame," and that's just because like it was very a, a very hard driving kind of song. Like uh, so, I will say that is my favorite stabbing Westward song. And honestly, I. I'm going to say that Tyler Bertuzzi reminds me the most of that song mm-hmm. just because Tyler Bertuzzi is the grungiest looking motherfucker on the Red Wings. <laughs> um, um, the, the chorus of that song does say, how can I exist without you? So I guess it should be Larkin. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of who would fit the song that I was thinking of because I can't remember the lyrics. Um, oh man. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to s- yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of Jeff Blaschel. And you'll have to go with me on this one for a second um, because it's tied to the movie Clerks, which makes me think of the phrase. I'm not even supposed to be here today, which reminds me of the expressions he makes when he's on the bench sometimes. Well, we have made a mess of this whole question. So uh, let's just move on. That's OK. We, we tried. We tried. David A. Postman <laughs> has three questions uh, with the. So the first one with the instant impact Fabry has done rank your best and worst Red Wings trade ever. I should, I should have read these ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> uh, my best is going to be the uh, Chris Chelios trade. Cause that was supposed to be like a rental for a guy who was on the waning end of his career. Uh, and like the Blackhawks got trash for it. And we got just years of Chris Chelios uh, being really superb fit for our defense. Uh, the worst trade ever. I'm still too young to remember like the the really really bad ones. So I will just say the uh, the David Legwan trade because that's the one that still pisses everybody off. It's not the worst ever, but I I don't care about thinking more about that honestly. I I, I, I it's hard for me to think of like the worst one, but I think. Um, for best one, I am going to go with just an emotional best one, which I'm going to go for the fact that we got anything for Steve Ott. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that's the best trade. Yeah. Sarah, what do you got? For the worst trade, I think I'm going to I'm going to go with the one that I think people are currently still very mad about. Um, Kyle Quincy. Oh, yeah. Kyle Quincy 
I mean, on the one hand, I don't think the 2012 mm. draft class was actually that super strong, if I'm remembering it right, which I'm probably not. And people can tell me I'm wrong in the comments. Um, uh, the Bulls took Vasilevsky with that pick. Yeah. Well, everyone else in the first round was probably stupid then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think people are, have very big moods about um, that trade. I like, I personally enjoyed Kyle Quincy, but not like for the right reasons. I just liked him. It was like for material for like jokes and stuff, but, but it's not, <laughs> my jokes are not worth a first round draft pick. Um, so I'll, I'll put that as the least favorite, although I'm, you know, also having least favorite moments about like Eric Cole and David Legwand and Zidlitzki and everyone, everyone in that like chunk of five years that we kept doing those deadline things, um, for the best trade. I mean, Kirk Maltby, like you gotta love, you gotta love that. Um, or, you know, the trades for like Fatisov. Um, getting him in. I mean, obviously that was a, I don't really remember what that was, um, but I did just watch the Russian five when it was on NBCSN. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason I was like, Oh well, yeah, we traded for him. We didn't just like grab him and throw him on a plane. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll say getting, you know, Fatisov and, and Maltby, you know, everyone loves Kirk Maltby. So fan favorite. All right. Uh, the next two are like name three things, but I'm just <laughs> going to cut this down to name one thing. Uh, second question. You've just been named NHL commissioner and you can change anything in the sure. league. What do you change to make hockey better? Uh, Red Wings are guaranteed Stanley Cup champions every year. Now, uh, um, <laughs> I would I would make it so every game is worth the same amount of points. Simple, effective. Yeah, I like that. Yep. yep. Sarah, what do you got? Um, I guess I'm, I'm wavering between, you know, the bringing back the tie or unlimited overtime. Um, but I think I'm going to lean the other way and talk about and say the playoff format, you know, it's, it's just, it's not good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not a good setup. I don't really know what I do about it. There are smart people on Twitter who have outlined their 10 step plan for making the playoffs fair and awesome and not have the same teams playing each other 8,000 times. Um, Cause it's always like the first round is always like really great. And then the second round is kind of boring sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. why is that? Why is the closer you get to the cup, the more boring it is. That's not right. Um, so I would, if I was in charge, <laughs> I would hire smart people like Prashanth to fix it for me and then take all the credit which is why I would be the best commissioner ever. <laughs> I do kind of like the concept of the top uh, seeded team in each conference should get to pick their first round opponent out of the remaining playoff teams. I think they should even be able to pick cross conference. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you're not going to get a whole lot of variance, but you're going to get a lot of narrative fun in they picked this opponent, especially when you get upsets. Um, and you're going to get some rivalries and you're going to get a lot of uh, fan hurt feelings and a lot of just the fun that would, that would come from that. Um, 
But I think in terms of my change is I would move the blue lines back to where they used to be. I think the bigger offensive zone actually cuts off uh, transition, and I think it would actually open up the game to make the offensive zone a little smaller again. And then the non-hockey question. Uh, what's your top TV show right now and why? Well, this one's easy for me. Uh, and right now it's Watchmen. Um, it is fantastically done um i was i was definitely honestly very worried going in as a fan of the you know the original graphic novel um and knowing how uh you know even though Zack snyder who is not on my list of favorite directors i think he did the best you could possibly do in terms of like a faithful adaptation in movie form even though i think he totally messed up some of the tone of it um I think it's really interesting that it is a, um, you know, it, it's a show that takes place in the same universe, but decades later, um, I think it's just, it's just gorgeous. Uh, like the, the cinematography is fascinating um, and the acting is just phenomenal. Um, and I think it's, it's it's a show where like the especially the first couple episodes you're like what in the hell is going on here and then as it goes on you slowly get to you know you slowly get to see how the pieces fit together um and it's as of right now it's only four episodes in there's gonna be nine total um and i'm really really excited to see what comes next all right sarah what's your top show right now so I guess I'll, I'll reveal my personality. The more someone tells me to watch something and says I'll like it, mm-hmm. the less likely I am to ever watch it. <laughs> I am that like penguin of like, well, now I'm not going <laughs> to um, if you tell me I'll like something. So I don't mm-hmm. like I don't really watch TV shows. I, I did binge Letterkenny, but I had to like get over myself being like, yes, other people like it. They say you'll like it just and you will. So just watch it. You coward. Um, and I did, I did really like it. Um, you know, but that, that was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago now, um, I'll always watch British baking show. Um, especially if, when my mom was visiting, cause it's like, Oh, nice, like neutral television that you can watch with your parents and it's not awkward. Um, where letter candy could be kind of awkward <laughs> to watch with your parents. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've more been doing like a lot of, video games and then like I found out my TV has like its own like Samsung channels because I'm I live in the past so now I'm trying to like be in the future so I always just have like the the Rift Tracks channel on which is not really TV but it's like my favorite thing of oh, all time nice um you know who doesn't want to watch a, hmm. a short about eggs that demonstrate courtesy because that's really important <laughs> uh so that's that's what I've been doing. It's just having like the Rift Jack ch- channel on um, to get some laughs in case the Red Wings, you know, crush my spirit. But they haven't the past couple of games. But, you know, Rift Tracks is always there for me when the Red Wings start Red Winging it again. <laughs> I am uh, getting sad because my kids are starting to outgrow Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And... Honestly, I kind of love that the concept of that show because it is very much a universe where Mickey Mouse's clubhouse is God and he just play and the, the the character of the clubhouse itself just plays with Mickey and his friend. Like how does the club how does the mouse know to give them 
these random tools that are going to help in this very specific quest if it's not the god of this universe that's just toying with all of their lives. And my kids are just like, ah, yeah, look, there's a net and cool ball, whatever. But uh, I, I like it for the deep, uh, meaningful implications of, of that. Uh, plus, I don't really watch other uh, television. Like, uh, the oldest one likes Danger. That show is trash. Um, I actually don't mind The Loud House, but there's, like, some of it that I just don't really like. Uh, so, yeah, but I'm the same way. Like, people tell me, oh, you'll love this show. you got to watch it. And, like, I'm I'm on a, honestly sometimes, like, a little scared. Like, what if I don't get it? And then, like, I have to... Then I have to fight with you over this thing, and I've already got <laughs> enough like weird, stupid opinions that everybody hates, like Starburst's candy bar. So I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> Moving on, before we get into that argument, I don't I, think I ever heard that one. <laughs> it's a bar made of candy. It's a fucking candy bar. <laughs> I never heard that one. <laughs> uh, Tedeschi wants to know between cider, uh, Zadina, or Valeno, <laughs> who do you think most likely will not live up to their potential? Or will not make it to the wings at all. Sorry, I just had a uh, kind of a parallel thought uh, when you when you read that. Um, but uh, let me think. Uh, this is like a it's a tough one because I mean I don't think any of them won't live up to their potential. Uh, I mean I think I, I I guess if I had to rank them, I think cider is the most likely based on what I've seen so far, his his quick adaptation to the AHL um, makes me think that he's the most likely to be like an NHL star. Um, and I mean, Zadina started to turn it on in the AHL and Valeno's struggling a little bit, but I mean, it's Valeno's first year and the, you know, in, in the AHL, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's unusual. I don't think that's like a sign that we should be worried. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if I had to pick which one I think it would, would be the, the like the greatest chance, I'd go with Cider. I think all three of them are going to be great. Love it. Sarah? Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, too. Um, I'd be surprised if, you know, any of them fizzled out. I think we, I don't know, I, we might like need Cider more than we need anyone else just because we need like we need like a superstar defenseman and Hironic can't do everything himself. I mean, I'm totally pleased with how Hironic has stepped up, um, you know, but Cider that he's already, you know, being able to be competitive and he's like 12. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it seems like he's hanging in there and has a great attitude and, uh, you know, intangibles, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think, Everyone needs to stop shitting on Zadina. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into Facebook and start slapping people through the comments if they don't leave him alone. Um, you know, because he's gonna be fine. He already is fine. You know, he he'll develop as he develops. Iserman can give him like a a stern talking to if he ever needs it. Um, but I think he's, you know, he's getting better and you know figuring out his, you know, what style he needs to be successful and, you know, that he needs to make sure that he's playing defense, you know, as, as well as just dazzling everyone, um, with his goals. And I'm really excited about Valeno and seeing, um, what he does. The only way I think he will not succeed, um, as a Red Wing is if he gets kidnapped by Habs fans and we can't find him. Um, <laughs> uh, outside that, that possibility, um, I think, I think all three of them 
have you know a future on the wings and you know will be a great addition to the the core that we already have developing um so i'm i'm really looking forward to them succeeding and hope to see them all um in the next couple of years i don't disagree with anything that either of you have said so i will just go with uh total face value <laughs> i think zadina has the most uh draft pedigree so that just by default makes him the most likely not to live up to that potential uh not to say that he won't live up to it just that uh yes for me for likelihood and that's the answer you get uh, ENSRW, how nervous were you when Getzlaff charged and repeatedly slashed Manta in an attempt to get Manta to fight? Was Getzlaff mad because Big Tony has more hair than he has? Or did Manta do something prior to the play that I haven't seen? I will answer, uh, Manta did kind of, he gave uh, Getzlaff a, a little chop on the ankle uh, at the whistle, and then Getzlaff just lost his mind because uh, apparently his mind is connected to his follicles. Um I think Ryan Hanna uh, had the the best tweet that was basically like a great a good decision not fighting him. Uh, we can't afford gets left cap hit. Yeah. <laughs> but were you either of you nervous about that uh, that little scuffle? I wasn't, but only because I had watched the game on delay, and I know that if Mantha fought, that I would have heard about it already. Fair, yeah. I was I was yeah. a little a little nervous because um, how can you not be? <laughs> With Mantha, you're like, no, keep your gloves on, and in fact, put on extra gloves because <laughs> your hands. We cannot afford you yeah. to break your hands on some balder melon that nobody cares about for being. Oh, balder melon. <laughs> so I mean, everyone hates gets off, and they should because he's bald, <laughs> but <laughs> and just don't like him. Um, yeah, but no, I think you know there was enough other guys around to like jump in the fray and like hold Mantha back. <laughs> and that's pretty big, but I think you can still hold him back um, from breaking his hands on, like I said, useless balder melon, but it all turned out fine. And yeah, Peter, you're lucky. Cause you would have known if Mantha had broken his hand. Yep. So you didn't, you didn't have room oh, yeah. to be nervous. You were like, Oh, it's fine. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Master Moj asked two questions. The first one I'm going to get, I'm going to basically skip over. Is it too early to expansion draft or bait? Uh, yeah, it's a little too early for that. We're uh, running a little long and there is a, Brad Hughes actually put up the, a link to the Cap Friendly Seattle expansion tool. Uh, feel free to play around on that. I, I think it's pretty obvious, but the, I think there's more change to the roster coming up and uh, honestly, we just don't have time for that. So, but what does our defensive lineup look like next season is a really good question that I do really want to dig into. So, uh, Peter, have you uh, given any thought to that yet? I mean, it's it's interesting because if you look at the people that we have under contract, um, you know, the we're, we're going to lose a lot. I mean, Mike Green comes off. Uh, Bowie, you know, obviously Bowie could be re-signed. I mean, Mike Green could be re-signed. I, I don't think they do. Um, but, you know, Bowie's an RFA. Uh, Biega's a UFA. Uh, and then going down to IR, uh, Trevor Daly's a UFA. I, I think there's a vanishingly small chance that he would come back. Uh, and Erickson is a UFA after this season. So, I mean, I think that there's, it's very likely you're going to see a lot of turnover next year. Um, I think, uh, I mean, Hronik and Chalowski are pretty much guaranteed holdovers from this year. I mean, they're both, uh, you know, they're both under contract anyway, but I don't, I don't think you're going to see like a change. Um, I think Cider is up full time next year. Um, I think we'll see him up with Detroit sometime this year. 
Uh, but I think he's up full time next year. Um, you know, the Kaiser, uh, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, obviously, the Kaiser's still listed. Uh, we look, we cap friendly right now. Uh, with people on injured reserve, you have to kind of scroll around. Uh, so that would be the Kaiser, Chalovsky, Hronik. So that's three. Um, yeah, a cider. That's four. I mean, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be wide open. I mean, I think that there there's a decent chance. Uh, that oh you know Nem is still under contract uh and i i think they'll probably keep him around uh, i think you know there's a decent chance that we could see an influx of uh a defenseman like i think um you know Eiserman might try to get uh you know add a defenseman that we don't have on the roster already um you know but there are some options down in grand rapids that i think um you know we could see uh oliver kasky um i think you know they might uh, obviously it'll kind of depend on how it goes the rest of the year. Um, you know, then you have Gustav Lindstrom, uh, you know, so, I mean, you, you know, we do have a couple other, other players that you could kind of round out the defense with next year without adding any outside defense. Um, but again, I would not be very surprised to see um, Iserman add at least one outside defenseman for next year. Yeah. I think uh, Jared McIsaac is uh, another name that, uh, that fits into Oh, that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking at the guys that are under contract for next year, um, it would really surprise me if Eisman did not add a, a journey, uh, like a kind of a solid vet kind of guy, uh, just because even if you, you know, go with the, oh, we've already got Patrick Nemeth, but yeah, you've got Nemeth, Chalowski, Hronik, uh, DeKaiser as four, and then you add in. Cider, McIsaac, and even Gustav Lindstrom to get to seven. Your first call up in the, in an injury is Joe Hicketts. And then you're digging into Brian Lashoff. And then, like, if they've re-signed Sari Arvey or Oliver Kasky, then yeah. But, I, I yeah, I, I think that they're going to add another guy. What do you think, Sarah? Um, I th- I hoping or and thinking that at the end of the season, we will see kind of some guys get their little tryouts. Um, and pretending I'm 10% as smart as Steve Eiserman, um, you know, thinking that being like, you know, who, who do we have, you know, especially like Hronik and then being like, all right, who would be the perfect guy to play with him? Let's try out some people, you know, what, what kind of style, you know, not necessarily like, well, who's the best, the second best defenseman, but who is the best defenseman for Hronik? to have with him um, and, and kind of trying to plan pairings and not the Blashell bingo wheel. Um, I mean, I, that's, if I, like I said, if I was 10% as smart as Steve Eiserman, which I'm not, that's what I would be thinking. Um, you know, but Dennis Chalowski for sure. Um, I will never, I will not give up on him ever. And he scored a goal, which was, he was as surprised as anyone, but it was great. Um, I can, yeah. I can see, you know, I don't think we'll get rid of Nemeth. I, I have a feeling he'll, we'll, he'll stick around, um, through, you know, through next year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we re-sign Madison Bowie, but I also would not be surprised if, if he was part of a trade for some player I don't know anything about, but who will become elite, um, again, Eiserman genius. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think we have a lot of, you know, guys who are almost there and, you know, who deserve their shot and 
you know, who I think once Iserman kind of sees them in action, he'll kind of have a better idea of like, all right, now I know what my plan is for the next three years and who, who to sign, who to let go, who I'm going to trade. Um, and then I'm going to win the cup. So that's, what's going to happen. <laughs> just, I'm just totally trusting Steve Iserman to do everything right. <laughs> all right. Well, We've got a, uh, a good number of questions still going, but we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break and be right back with uh, to finish that segment out. Wim Radio, ad timeout. All right, let's play. All righty, so welcome back from that uh, reprieve. We're going to jump right back into it with uh, X Shanashi's. For the requisitions, do you think Mr. Y will continue to gather other players? There have been rumors about him looking at Jesse Puljujarvi. Uh, is he a possibility? Uh, we've already talked about Hosang, so I'll skip that part. And that's the end of that first question. So uh, what do we think? Is, is Eisenman going to keep shopping? Uh, big big buy, tinkering kind of purchases? What, what are we looking forward to? Yes, I think so. Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I think he's definitely going to bring somebody else in. I think he's definitely going to keep looking. Um, I think he's 100% looking. I think, uh, I mean, you know, we've kind of seen what he's looking at. He's looking for players that have a a, a, a like like a really good upside, but maybe haven't uh, achieved that for various reasons. Um, and it seems like they could do well if given a, a different opportunity. Uh, and I think that, you know, much like I said with Hosang before, I think that Jesse Pugliarvi fits that bill. Um, I, 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 JJ, I know you and I talked about this back when we did the article together about Ken Holland uh, when he left and we were like looking at like, you know, his legacy um, in Detroit and I mean, I remember listening. I think it was, I think it was like the Thirty One Thoughts podcast where they had a former Edmonton Oiler player, um, and this is from like you know not the distant past, but you know a few years ago. Um, and he said that you know he came from an organ, I, I forget who it was, but he came from an organization that was you know known for winning, etc. And he's like, when he got to Edmonton, it was like a culture shock because he was, he said it was like a mess. Um, and I think that there's a very good chance that the reason that Pugli, or maybe not the reason, but a main reason that Pugliarvi didn't pan out the way they wanted to it had to do more with the team than with him. I'm not going to say that I don't think he had anything to do with it, but I think it's it's very, very reasonable to, to, to assume that there's a good chance that it was something to do with the team and that if he was in a different environment, he would do well. Um so yeah, I would I would 100% think that he would be looking at him. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's been there's been things uh, about him scouting him. I think I know somebody in the comment section said something about that. Um, and yeah, so I think I think he's definitely going to be looking into him. Uh, whether or not that comes to pass, uh, we'll see. Yeah, and I did read recently read um, it was a foreign language interview where he he said that regardless of whether or not he gets traded this season, he's staying over uh overseas for the remainder of this season so yeah Sarah, what do you think are uh are we pending any big moves for from the jedi well considering i have not seen a single thing that he's done <laughs> like been expecting it um i mean i expect to like 
check on Twitter, you know, it's like 1115 at night right now and have see the beat writers tweeting about some trade that Eiserman just made or like a 3 a.m. tweet that's like, oh, yeah, I just traded mm-hmm. someone, you know, feeling cute. Thought I'd trade someone <laughs> later. <laughs> and it's like, it's like he just it's just been totally out of nowhere, which which is great. Um you know, because it's not like I know anything about any players anyway, but now we're on the level playing field because nobody else knows anything about any of these players. They're like, oh, who? So it's kind of nice not to be the only one who is saying who. Um, but yeah, I I mean, with considering the moves he's already made, there definitely has to be more coming. You know, he's mastermind. Or just to be make sure that I'm wrong, he'll be like, no, nah, I'm done. You idiots. You thought I was going to trade, but I didn't. <laughs> so take that, bloggers. It is fun being kind of along for the ride. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean, that's how I feel. I'm just like, I'm along for the ride. I have total faith um, in Steve Eiserman, which I did not, you know, where it was like if Ken Holland had made like the Fabi trade, I'd be like, what? You idiot. You've ruined everything, even though it's like not true at all. <laughs> But when Steve does it, if he was like, all right, hear me out, guys, I'm going to trade Madison Bowie for a bag of oranges. Be like, you know, scurvy is coming back. That's probably a pretty smart move. Like, yeah. He could do anything. And I'll be like, wow, genius. So, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to be unbiased about anything. I'll just be like, yep, genius trade. Love it. Love everything he's ever done and ever will do. No, I agree. Um, Do you think Giovanni Smith will stick here or will he get sent back down to Grand Rapids? What does he need to do to remain with the Wings? Um, Just for the sake of time, I'm going to say he he definitely could. (laughs) Uh, I think he needs to do what he's been doing. I think he played really well. like he's he's never going to be a super you know I, I mean never say never I guess but you know he's not going to be a superstar you know he's going to be a grinder who's going to go out there and give the team some energy and play hard and dig in the corners and you know get to the net and I think he's been doing that so I think if he just keeps doing what he's doing then he's going to have the best chance that he could have to stay with the team so right on yeah Sarah uh yeah I I not sure what's going to happen when Luke Lindenny comes back if that's going to have any impact on some line shuffling. I mean, it will, but I don't know if it'll have an impact on um, Giovanni Smith. Um, but I like what he's been doing, um, you know, when he's up here. And I'd like him to stay and, and you know, get a chance to, you know, play, you know, not do like two games here, four games there, but like really be here, you know, for a couple of months and, you know, get, get that chance. Because I, I think he brings stuff that, you know, he seems like a unique player, like with just – the way he plays, the skills that he has, you know, not only punching people, but like other other hockey skills also. Um, I, I really like him. And I mean, I may change my mind next week and turn against him. Um, but for right now, I'm a fan. Yeah, I think it's going to take injuries to uh, to keep him up. Uh, or he's going to have to start playing like the uh, like Justin Applicator before he got his contract. Um hmm tough truth uh finally what will it take to get brendan perlini going possibly new line mates if so who would that be uh i'll say that i think that brendan perlini is already on the cusp of going uh he's been getting good chances he's just they're they're gonna start going in 
was patience. Yeah, he was really noticeable last game, uh, for me at least. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gutter Trash says, does this recent AA streak of three goals and an assist in the last five seem real to you? Is he back on his game, or is this year going to keep being rough? Yeah, I mean, I think – did we talk about this last episode? I can't remember. Um, he – He's been getting chances all year. He's just been having incredibly bad luck. Uh, and, I mean, you know, he's the type of player, like, once he starts scoring, like, he's he has the potential to score in bunches. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he's taken a big step forward overall, um, you know, last year. And I think, you know, this year, even though he hasn't been, you know, he, he, he wasn't putting up the numbers that, that we had hoped to see in the beginning of the year, you know, he was still – you know, overall doing what we wanted him to do. Um, and I'm not surprised to see this, you know, he, he's finally, you know, scoring. And I think, especially, I think adding, you know, uh, as of right now, Robbie Fabry to that line. Um, I mean, that was, you know, th- you know, that was, that was a really good line last night. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, with the addition of Robbie Fabry, um, you're going to have somebody who can really play along with him, keep up with him, uh, and then also, you know, go into the, you know, go into the corners, go in the boards and get that puck out. Um, and that could keep him free to do what he does so well. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Right on. Yeah, I agree. I think it was just a matter of time. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Last year, he had similar problems, but he he like could have had 50 goals if he didn't keep hitting the crossbar. Uh, so it was just it was just a matter of time. And I think once you know it was like, okay, I got one. Like, whoo, monkey off my back. Like now I can, you know, forget about all the weird snake bit moments and and just go for it. And definitely, you know, Fabry's been breath of fresh air. And you know, that's a good point about you know. A, having someone who can keep up with him and be like, all right, I don't have to do all of this myself. Um, and, you know, that was just kind of help that line get together. They needed that person. Um, and I thought Philpola was like positive, noticeable um, in the game and that maybe they're going to start working together pretty well, you know, pass, 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 but then double A can shoot. So it all makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think he'll be he'll be fine, but on the other hand, I don't want him to be like too good because then we have to give him more money. So fair, yeah. <laughs> Just be like, be good, but don't don't go crazy. All right, Sarah, who is your favorite part-time Red Wing of all time? Uh, AHL slash NHL tweeners or frequent scratches that play thirty or fewer NHL games a year? Uh, Gutter Trash says the correct answer is Doug Janik. By the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I can't even think of it. I mean, I guess I'm probably supposed to say Joe Hicketts. Oh, yeah, that's a great answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I'll say that. I'll say right. I'll say mighty Joe Hicketts. Peter, who you got? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> um, that's who I was thinking of too. I can't think of anybody else that I'm just like, oh yeah, that, you know, they they immediately come to mind. So I'll say that too. It's pretty much got out got to be a defenseman like I, I like there's a lot of journeyman forwards i suppose i mean you ah oh, you, you could uh downy would be a good answer but i think that it's and this is probably because uh the robbie fabry acquisition has him back up in the front of my mind uh derek meach is my answer <laughs> i i loved that guy 
Yes. <laughs> uh, do you think Fabry and AA are going to be best friends? Sure. Yes, because he doesn't have a good bromance right now. Um, so he he needs a bromance, and yeah, and that, I think that'll be a good one. I think that uh, as soon as Valeno comes up and they all start playing together, then they will be. I'm going to dub that the Safari line, and uh, you, you got to take a walk with me on this one. So Safari obviously is is Apple's internet browser. And if you were going to name another internet browser using the Apple naming conventions, they had to name it Safari because they couldn't name it Eyebrows. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. oh, I quit. I'm out of here. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, there, there's like a, there, I there's several more questions. I know. Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. I had to do it. Uh, my my brain gave it to me, and I uh, misery loves company. So, um, I'm actually going to to skip raw powers because I want to end on that one. That's my favorite question. This entire thing. Uh, so I'll go to all yeah. James. Uh, sorry for you not having my favorite question, but this is a good one too. Why do people use Chalowski versus Chikrin as the measuring stick for grading the 2016 trade when the pick that we used for Philip Hronik was also part of that trade? Isn't Hronik already clearly better than Chikrin, and therefore we won the trade? Uh, I I I don't know because I I don't just use those two. I use all three. But like, why do people use it? Because um, we're so we're really used to trades being like, you know, whenever you, you, you know, a trade situation like this, we're used to comparing one player to one player, I guess. Yeah, I I think it is very like psychologically, it's it, you, you talk about the biggest piece or the first piece and you don't worry about that because I yeah. do still like I just consider Chal- I want Chalowski to be better than Chikrin. Uh, without considering uh, what Hronik ends up doing. Um, just like the same, because I mentioned this in the comment section the other day, like I kind of just mentally don't even factor in how much I enjoy that the Sharks traded up to get Mirko Mueller. Uh, we ended up falling back two spaces and still got Anthony Mantha. And then I like I kind of think and I remember, oh shit, Tyler Bertuzzi was part of that trade too. Uh, holy shit. That's two thirds of our top line from that yeah. one. To, so San yeah. Jose could move up two spots to grab a guy who's not even with them anymore. I love that, and that's what I want out of that trade too. So, for me, it's always still going to be Chalowski uh, versus Chikrin head to head, and then I want it to be like, uh, "Ha we won that," and also we got Heronic in that trade too. Boom. Yeah, it's basically basically like the uh, the Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect GIF, the boom one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Shane Z Pastor, uh, what, who, or what do we get for Zadina? Um, great article on the potential trade for Zadina on the athletic this week. What do you think he nets? Is there any hope he even gets traded? I, I don't know that hope is the right word. I don't think that any of us yeah. are actually hoping he gets traded. Um, maybe no, you I are, don't. but you're, you're talking on the wrong podcast here. Yeah. But if he does get traded, what do we expect back for him? I mean, I don't. I don't think there. I, I I don't see him getting traded. Um, I'm trying to think like the athletic. Like I I, I don't read every article there, but like I would have I would have thought I would have seen this one, and I I don't remember it. Um, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. I guess. Yeah. I... Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that either, and I refuse yeah. to consider trading Zadina because there's no one else. Who, first of all, we need the eyebrows because 
we are going to be the top eyebrow team in the league. It's happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not entertaining this question. Yeah, I can't. Like, I think this trade value is the lowest right now that it ever will be. And given that, like, I, I think that unless we get like absolutely shocked by a trade, like I don't know, Jacob De La Rose for Robbie Fabry, uh, I can't conceive of what I should expect for that other than to be wowed by it. So, yeah. Okay. So the very last question from uh, our very own Rara Power. What does it take to change the verdict from the court of public opinion of a player? Like that AA is a selfish player who always cheats for offense and will certainly ask for an astronomical sum on his next contract or Mantha being lazy and inconsistent or uh, insert other example here. So uh, Franzen gets brought up as, as the, the prototypical, like, oh, he was always a lazy guy and you know, that's not how he got the nickname the mule. So, um, Peter, what do you think? What does it take to, to kind of change for a player to get past that reputation? It's a really good question because I think that each of the two examples here should have already done it. Like basically what they've done has should have already gotten them out of people thinking that and it hasn't happened. Like people still I mean, I mean, there, there. I, I saw a comment today about like how, oh, if Ken Holland was still on this team, we wouldn't see our draft pick until he's twenty eight. It's like, like that hasn't happened for a while, you know. And I think, I think people just get so set in their ways in terms of, oh, you know, in my mind, this is how things are. And I think it just takes way more than it should to change that. And and I'm not even saying I'm not guilty myself of that. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I'm pointing my finger down at people. Um, I think just human nature, I think like once, once we latch on to something, I think it's hard to change that opinion. Um, you know, I mean, like there's a, you know, you know, it, it's much easier for us to accept information that, uh, lines up with our pre-existing views than, uh, information that doesn't. And I think it's basically just that, uh, in my opinion, because like I said, I mean, um, you know, Athanasiu has come a long way last year. I think he took a big step forward last year. Um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's like a really great two-way player, but he definitely changed his game to not just be entirely one-dimensional. Um, you, you know, people are still saying, oh, I think he has one foot out the door. I mean, he signed a contract like his last contract wasn't a, a, a super hard negotiation. Um, and then Mantha, I mean, he's he's a big guy. He doesn't have to skate as hard. You know, it, it's not going to look like he's skating as hard because he's so big and he doesn't have to. Um, and he's a you know he he's inconsistent because he's a goal scorer and goal scorers are streaky. Every goal scorer ever has been streaky. Um, so I think it's just uh, I think it's just human nature. I think it's just psychological, and it's just really really hard to change 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 an opinion once you have it. Yeah, and I think uh, specifically, I mean, we're talking about the court of public opinion too. So, yeah, n- uh, my sad but true answer is is nothing, uh, it, because it's self perpetuating. I mean, you ask the the court of public opinion, uh, tell me about Sidney Crosby. Uh, you're still going to get, ah, oh, he's a whiny shit. Uh, you know, tell me about Alex Ovechkin. Ah, oh, he doesn't play defense. 
and these are like the old guard by now they are the old guard stars and, and like you can tell things have softened a little bit but it is kind of like they get that a player gets a reputation and you know fair or or unfair because I mean, at some point you could say it was it was fair for both AA and Mantha to get those those reputations and then any individual will come around at whatever pace they come around and some people never do and then some people are like oh well, I, I i misjudged that guy um but by then it's either it gets perpetuated because there's a new individual who's still kind of discovering it based on what they're told from the the older individual who it, it basically they they maybe don't say it anymore but they have said it in the past and then like Basically, it kind of does get played up in terms of like, I will almost always make jokes about Manta being very, very, very disappointing. And at some point, the the new blood coming in will read that and like they kind of don't know where the line of sarcasm is. And so that just kind of helps perpetuate that as well. So, uh, yeah, once you get the label, it's there for good unless something very drastic changes for you, an injury that keeps you out for a whole year or something like that. Um but yeah, in, in general, they they just live with it, and we'll just we'll deal with it. And that's because it's it's funny to me because I've uh, essentially been fighting the uh, Jonathan Erickson is is sub NHL caliber for a long time, and, and like basically my my argument is like, well, no, he's not great, but man, he's not as bad as you guys say, as you people say he is. And then I have to, I have to say you people, and so that's that's the problem. It's the court of public opinion, the the din of noise, where each individual is a fully formed, fleshed out human being with all their thoughts and, and feelings and actions, uh, but the din of the internet comment section is it's this lazy mob with a with a monster face. Well, I mean, it's like how do you? I mean, how do you change anyone's mind about anything? You know, it's we're asking about yeah. it, and you know the like the Red Wings sphere, but I think you know people's personality types bleed over you know into what kind of sports fan they are from what kind of like person they are um you know and people kind of are around people who have similar opinions to them and you know like you said it like kind of perpetuates um you know as as far as like a individual person changing their mind uh you know i think some of it would be you know how much do they respect the person who's giving the differing opinion if they're just like oh sarah's such an idiot she'll always be like they're great then you know that won't work but if they're like oh <laughs> like here comes peter with some numbers let let's let's think about this now guys yeah you know that's or they'll be like eh, numbers what does that mean but then they'll be like oh a meme i'm on board now let's you know let's get on the mantha train so it's like it just depends on like what kind of how how information you know what what's most effective for you know each person but as far as as like the horde and their opinion i i think that does get stuck you know and and it's hard for me because i i act i mean i'm way more dramatic on twitter than i am as a person uh so i don't get like a lot of like feelings wrapped up in it uh and be like oh you know so i won't stick to that opinion forever like i'll say yes athanasiu Definitely had some defensive problems, but I won't be like, well, it's because he's lazy and he hates whatever. Um, I'll just be like, yeah, he just had a problem and he worked on it and now it's better and he'll keep working on it. <laughs> so, you know, it's just if you can like strip back the kind of the feelings 
but well, maybe that's not right because people should have feelings. You're allowed to have feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have feelings. But <laughs> but as far as like you know, taking a taking a step back and be like, am I judging because I just want to like ride the wave of feelings, or or do I feel like I really have an argument here? And you know, either either way is fine. But it's definitely easy to get swept up in you know, what other people are saying. Cause I certainly will. If, like I said, if, if Prashanth is like, this guy's good. I'm like, yep, he sure is. Like, I don't care if I just saw him shoot the puck into our own net. I'll be like, yep, I trust you. So you've changed my mind instantly. <laughs> so maybe I'm just easily swayed by people with data. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of those narratives and like with Franz and like that never, you know, that narrative lived forever. And I made jokes about it. But I think like what Jada said, where's the line of sarcasm for people who don't know you are like, oh, they must really think he's lazy. I'm like, no, it was a joke. Too late. (laughs) Too late. It's already gone out in the world. Uh, So I think, you know, and like Zadina is going to have, you know, this, you know, he's disappointing. It's going to be stuck to him forever. Um, Doesn't matter if he scores 100 goals. He's still going to be a disappointment. Uh, And you know, everyone, I think we all just have to live with it and be like, well, you're wrong, but we'll try to change your mind. But if you don't change your mind, you can just sit there and be wrong and stay out of my comments. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So that takes us to the end of the reader question. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it back to you, Pete, to uh, to host again. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm gonna kick it back to sleep in a second, so because uh, <laughs> it's it's late, we're 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 all about to fall asleep. Yeah, so we're just gonna wrap up there. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back to you uh, in a couple weeks with another episode. So let's go, Red Wings.